1: Hello listeners, my name is Mary to and today I'm here to talk to you about my new podcast called The Nanny Reviews. Every other Friday, I sit down and relax with a glass of wine and watch a movie about nannies. You know, being a nanny can be a very lonely job, and my hope is to create a community of other nannies like myself. So grab a glass of wine and join me February 5th for The Nanny Reviews. For clues about which movies I will be talking about in each episode, check out the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at The Nanny Reviews, on Facebook, The Nanny Reviews with Mary to Pippi, and you can also email me at thenannyreviews at gmail.com.
0: So welcome to another episode of another special episode of the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. I'm here with Andrew. My name is Adam. Um, We decided ages ago, this was Andrew's idea, to put together a series of New Year's resolutions for our writers in the writing group. A lot of you know, we meet uh, six or seven times a week for about one to two hours each time. Um, There's chatting first, and then there's writing, and then, um, and it serves to keep everybody honest about their goals, to give people some time to write together where it doesn't feel too solitary and a sort of um, unlooked for, but perhaps not, I don't know, maybe not unexpected um, side effect is that when you have people from different countries and different disciplines coming together, you end up getting a really good jury of your peers to whom to pose questions about your writing. Andrew, you said you had something uh, rather recent to discuss about that.
1: Yes, so right now in my chapter I'm incorporating Raphael's School of Athens Fresco into um, my theoretical intervention of looking at Whitman's homoerotic desire. So I'm using the painting as a lens into understanding his poetic um, use of homoeroticism, so it's my own. It's not him looking to Raphael, but it's me using Raphael as an illustration. Um, so- as an
0: illustration of, sorry, I this this sounds a little bit too fascinating to leave by the wayside. Do you mind if uh, if we if we expand for a bit? An illustration of what?
1: So an illustration of um, the way that the philosophical homoeroticism is flowing in the um, painting. So if you remember, you have um, Plato. Right. the The two main figures are
0: Plato and Socrates in the middle. Plato has his hand has one hand up, mm-hmm. uh, which is often taken to symbolize that he's the poet of ideals and mm-hmm. Aristotle has his, sorry, Plato and, no, Plato and Aristotle. And Aristotle has his hands yeah. spanned outwards, which is taken by most to, to mean that he is the philosopher of reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and realism. Mm-hmm. And then around them are various uh, philosophers. I think Diogenes is kind of lounging in the front and Heraclitus looks like he, he's had better days and stuff like that.
1: Epicurus is there, but looks very different than how you, the bust would have shown Epicurus. Um, mm-hmm. There's some debates about that. Um, but yeah, and then what I'm most drawn to is the nude Apollo that is towering over all of them in the background. Uh-huh. Next to, well, um, Minerva's on the other side. Okay. Uh, so... I'm really curious about this type of way of presenting the philosophers, but also the way that the nude male body, the young nude male body of Apollo um, towers
0: and- Wait, so, so a lot of people look at this painting and they say, oh, philosophy is just an old, uh, a, a boys club. Hmm. And you're kind of looking at it and saying, no, it's the pregame to an orgy.
1: <laughs> huh. Well, I would say I'm taking it or with, not no, but like in addition. Yeah, no, yeah, in addition and taking it really into um the precursor for the symposium, right? When right, when, of course. Because the symposium is such a private interior space. Um, so that really is a precursor as well because Whitman is reading the symposium. In 1859, but I'm talking about 1855 first. And who is he reading mostly? But Homer and the Iliad, uh-huh. and right. who so- mostly in the Iliad. But Apollo. So, this is my whole way of just interesting transition for myself as well. So. So we're going to
0: get back to the writing group, but I, yeah. I, want, to, I want to foreground this. this. This is really like, this is one of the things that keeps me coming back to the drafts of your dissertation is that I don't know a lot of people who are looking at the like ancient Greek influences of Whitman, even though he's very clearly trying to be the American epic poet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not all, And I want to say myself included, because um, I read Whitman at great length in, my, in college through my 20s. A lot of us know know that he's trying to be the great American sort of epic poet, and yet we don't necessarily say, okay, well, which epic poets is he reading and being inspired by? But this is exactly what you're doing. Exactly. Or it's one of the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Such- anyway, so, so speaking of multidisciplinary projects, mm-hmm. um, you were saying that you had this idea about the, the, Sorry about Raphael's School of Athens.
1: Yeah, but um, I didn't know how to convey it, so that was the whole um, impetus for asking the writing group. So we had written for an hour, um, and then I'm left with this question of, well, how do I introduce this as my queer theoretical intervention? Like, how do I how do I explain that this is my own intervention with this illustration? Um, and how do I transition back to writing? Yeah. Okay.
0: So take us there. We're, um, you, you had just written for an hour. Were you feeling frustrated?
1: No, no, not frustrated. I would say my feeling was more um, blocked and that's not a feeling, but no, I was, not. my action felt that I was at an impasse. And sometimes I feel this way after an hour of writing, which is uh-huh. like, okay, I've gotten out creates the creative ideas i haven't built the bridge and that's when i really look towards the writing to the writing group because of everyone's different disciplines okay how they'll help me frame um okay so i'm working on yeah
0: help you frame what you're working on so so you were you were blocked at the end of an hour, and so you brought this question to the group. And the group consisted of a mother of two in Florida with a social work degree, mm-hmm. an Israeli mathematician slash physicist um,
1: philologist philologist slash classics background.
0: Yeah, he's he's a yep.
1: busy guy. He also
0: has. Children, as long as we're mentioning the children, Mm -hmm. Um, and um, who else? Who else was there? What? What? What did they? What did they say? What? What was it like bringing this kind of eclectic question to this kind of eclectic group?
1: Yeah. Well, also, um, a uh, woman finishing her dissertation with a philosophy background. and then a, I guess we'll say business writer, but also creative writer on the side Mm -hmm. um, there as well. So yeah, all these different disciplines, when I just posed the question of, okay, well, what do you first all think about me using this as a framing device for my theory? Um, I got some really just interesting, the one, I wasn't surprised, but, The, um, you know, social work perspective um, really helped um, the one member really just ask me questions that I really hadn't, would probably never have thought about in in the sense of, well, you know, what kind of community formation is this? Like, what's Uh the gender dynamic of um what's their class what's their um you know what are their ages like just that's a fair point did in yeah interested in the the demographic statistics um and then oh and then the um philosophy (laughs) um perspective the philosophical perspective um really helped um And she's finishing a dissertation in cultural analysis, but mostly um, in Heidegger. Um, and also uses a lot of psychoanalysis, so I really enjoy that. Um, so her I'm lie,
0: that sounds like a nightmare.
1: Well <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad, glad she's that. doing it and Melanie not me. I know. Well, we talk a lot about Freud and Melanie Klein. Um. So her perspective was, well, there is a woman in this painting too, not just um, Athena Minerva or however we want to, you know, how you would identify her, but there is um, an actual female philosopher kind of hiding out in the back. Oh yeah, is it Hypatia of
0: Alexandria?
1: Well- Or do we just not know? I think she would, yeah. So it's more of not knowing who it is, which is exactly what um, the issue is with the gender. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Scenario. Um, So, and then I would say, um, yeah, coming from a classics perspective, but also I always find that The physicist, he always has such a really interesting way of just getting me back to the text. Actually, Mm -hmm. like, okay, so what exact philosophical text is Raphael inspired by when he's painting the School of Athens? That is a fair point. No, that's a good question. Um, Do you know the answer? um, From my research, if I've looked, I haven't looked at it too in-depth, but I do think, um, oh, what is it called? The Something Ethics, the Nic- Nic- Nicomachean. Yes, the Nicomachean Ethics Yeah, um, was the main inspiration. Um, and I think, is it that by Aristotle?
0: It's Aristotle. Nicomachus was the son of Aristotle, I think, and edited the volume. So what's the,
1: do you remember the main thesis of it? There's a lot of theses,
0: Uh, but, but one of the, one of the most important things that Aristotle puts forth is the sort of doctrine of deeds that like a person is, and the, and the doctrine of like the happy medium, essentially. So a person is, uh, does good, is a good person if they do good things and what constitutes a good thing. It's like finding a medium between extremes. Right, too hot you boil, too cold you freeze. So Aristotle was really into balance. Mm. And he was really into habits. So if you if you do good deeds, then you get into good habits, then you're a good
1: person. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm reading right now again. So thank you for that, Adam, because that balance and um is something Raphael also I mean, I'm not going to get too into the art history of it, but oh, no, it's fair to say that Raphael is very much a painter of balance, of balance. And, exactly. and mathematical percent. symmetry, and mm-hmm. and where your eye is drawn, right? It's that's exactly why Plato um, and um, Aristotle, why just having them at the center there's also the perspective of the hallway if you remember um and i started to another question i proposed to the group and we also um i got many different interpretations is where are they located and um we settled on plato's academy that makes sense but there is some interpretation that maybe raphael is basing this off of a greek cross um which is interesting but you do have a lot of Greek architecture present in it. Um, well, so- but also those—I
0: mean, those philosophers were not alive at the same times.
1: No, 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 no.
0: So, no. So it's it's the it's the literal space balanced with the figurative space.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. And it's also yeah a, um. And this was actually all of these points were something that we addressed because of everyone's of and, um. We also got to the point of uh, thinking about, or helping me also think about um, the idea of um, polytheism mixing with the mixing with Christian theology, wait, right? that's. Yeah, that's a, what big, I'm um, that's a big. Doing here. It's a big theme. It is. And it's also an element that I, hadn't really considered essential to thinking about Whitman's ideas of democracy, which I argue is democracy is, you can't take away democracy from homoeroticism. Like these are connected visions in Whitman's model. So Mm -hmm. does that also mean, how much is he also borrowing from polytheism and is he borrowing also from Christian theology, which does happen in Song of Myself? Um, with a lot of uh, biblical references, uh, so yeah, it was. That's something in the writing group, Adam. That all these perspectives I'm giving you right now, I really would not have been able to articulate that. I probably you would have done. just focused on the bodies, right? Like I, I come to these paintings. Would you know? Yeah. <laughs> Very scandalous. Um, but <sighs> you know, I had one main mission. Okay, look at you. Know, the Sordidness of Apollo, and like, okay, where's Apollo's? Like, how does that fit into the Greek warrior? Right, Apollo is one of the most handsomest gods. Well, I would say he's probably the handsomest god. I've never he's met up him. there, but I do wish I could meet. Where are you? <laughs> where is he? Um, You're getting
0: distracted, Mister Andrew. <laughs> but, um but he was also a warrior, and he was yeah. also the god or one of the gods of art and wisdom and music Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things and so and so he fits into a lot of different categories
1: he's he's a real he's the
0: god he's the god of of he's one of the gods of democracy and he's also the god of chasing around pretty boys
1: yeah like hyacinth um and he's also very good with his left and right brain so he's well he's a renaissance god if you want to argue that um so it right, was, he's, yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, he's very educated. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think the gods and goddesses are pretty, um, um, have a lot of knowledge. <laughs> oh <laughs> that, is the, <laughs> that is our, their claim to fame. Um, I hope our listeners know that you're messing around. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to say, all of this is really self-explanatory usually when you learn about gods and goddesses. So, I hope so.
0: Well, yeah. the, I mean, they edit out all the queer stuff, so all that's left is how good they were at—I don't know—painting and playing the flute and so on.
1: Yeah, and well, and, and Apollo in and, and the, stealing women in the School of Athens. He's holding the lyre, um, of so that's the music connection. Um, but yeah, so my. My framing was just focus on Apollo, focus on how that propels me to the Iliad, to Whitman really fetishizing the musculature of the warrior men, which will start to really come, I argue, in, um, I just use that too as a sexual pun. That's okay. Um, we got it. In, we're, um, we're picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the bathers and Song of Myself. So like all of that is there, but I think now my theory has really shaped out. And I think that's very important because I can contribute, I credit all of the minds in the writing group and their backgrounds. So this is, but this has happened multiple times with all projects, with their projects too. Um, And I mean, I know we have one member who is working a lot on Edith Wharton articles, and there's been a lot of interplay between how she uses Edith Wharton and connects it to um, what she calls um, metropolitan, well, not what she calls, but ties it to metropolitan studies and urbanism. Um, Uh But then I found, oh, that's right, Whitman, Whitman, um was really well received by Wharton and she admired him. And then I started to figure out that there's a homoerotic relationship that she um finds in Whitman in Whitman's work. So I think I mean you don't have to look very far. No, no. But that I started to find more of her homoerotic poetry, which you don't think of Wharton
0: as a homoerotic
1: poet. I mean uh, I
0: don't, but that's because I don't really think of what
1: Yeah, but you will after this. I okay,
0: know. great. No, so 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 what this whole sort of story has has given us uh, insight into, um, and we're using Andrew's example because it's the one we have the best sort of insight into because it's the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what it what it tells us is that is that there's a lot of different ways that this writing group has been helping you and it's easy to see that you're there every day. Well, it's not easy for me to see that because I'm not there every day cuz it's been hard for me to to make the meetings because I have work and that's a source of frustration to me. But it's easy to see that you're there every day and that you're like you're providing this space. I mean, you're the one who opens the Zoom window and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's also useful to remember that a big part of the reason why we're doing this is because it helps us, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And it helps us to to gather this group of people and then it helps them as well, we hope, Mm -hmm. right? So this is an example, a concrete example of one time when just having a bunch of buds to write with for an hour a day wasn't necessarily enough But side effect of having a bunch of buds to write with every day is that you can talk to them, and they can help you through your argumentative uh, difficulties, Uh, finishing your chapter, starting your chapter, or whatever it is. Mm
1: -hmm. Starting new poems. um, Yeah. Those who need the support for... Recently, we've had someone who is creating her website and she's a professional weaver and she's writing essays about weaving and um, then yeah it is and it's so we're gonna have to teach you how to crochet so you don't feel left out. Yeah, but there's a few other members who don't know. So we're in, to we're, we're, creating, them too. we're creating our own club. Our own club is going to be a skill that no one else will know how to do. It's going to be a secretive handshake No. Oh, whatever. A handshake. You guys
0: are going to follow the Eleusinian mysteries or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway.
0: we'll become dedicated to the Kabbalah,
1: but... Uh, oh God, please don't joke about that. That's, that's gross. Well, maybe I'll follow Madonna's school of thought. Okay, (laughs) that's. I mean, you already kind of (laughs) do. Well, I don't know what you think I do in my private life, Adam.
0: Um, I mean, I assume that you divide your time between walking the neighborhood, reading, and
1: doing karaoke while cooking. (laughs) It's kind of kind of close. It's pretty close, right? Probably a lot more. um, You know, in between my reading and writing there's a lot of emailing but yeah i'm singing i am singing a lot though during the emails so
0: i mean that's good you're, that's you're, good anything to keep yeah. yourself sane let's be real yeah. anyway so so we wanted this anecdote as a sorry
1: did you have a thing to say yeah yeah i just wanted to say to that before we just move on from this oh please please um, please that's another element of having all of these different disciplines is also as the moderator, um, because I like to claim that uh, occupation is that I'm very mindful of making sure I give each person about a minute before we all go into our writing. Sometimes it's a minute, two minutes, depends on what they're working on. Um, Because I would say at the beginning, we're all trying to get unstuck. And I use unstuck very specifically because Uh it is the resistant writer. Like once we sit down and we turn on, when you open up the Zoom, you know you're gonna have to do a task of writing. Right. And speaking and talking about what you know you need to get done and how you're going to um, be held accountable, is really important. And yeah, I don't want to let that go without saying because I really value hearing from everyone. At yeah, the, at the beginning. yeah,
0: yeah, we're, we're focusing on this, this example from your work, but that doesn't mean That there aren't examples that we could focus on, on from others.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, worried- so anyway, and we're sharing our document, too. Of our yeah. So people can see exactly. what the writing group is doing.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So on that note, um, Andrew and I wanted to share something with all of you, uh, which was Andrew's idea. And so I'm here more in the role of a helper, I guess, um, which is good. That... Um, the the idea was, what do you do with um, the these New Year's resolutions if the goal is to actually fulfill some of them, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the answer is you you make yourself accountable and you get people to support you and cheer you on and stuff like that. And so we um, Andrew started this um, document in which people were able to. Write uh, what what they feel like, just just kind of drop uh, a marker in the stream of time, right? Talk about where they feel like they are right now, where they feel like they'd like to be, and stuff like that. Some of them are very dry, and some of them are very personal, and and that's you know I I mean I guess they're they're all personal in a way, right? You're allowed to write in your own style. You're allowed to analyze yourself and prognosticate about your future in your own style and stuff like that and some people's anyway so we wanted to share a few of these stories and maybe all of them um because these are you know these are our people now um and we're proud of them
1: yes 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 and yes so go ahead adam
0: all right so um I think that I want to start with, um, with one of my sort of, uh, this is one of the, the people that I brought to the group. Uh, we went to the same summer camp 10 years apart and met on a, I don't know, some social media thing. Um, and now we hang out basically once a week and just do writing. Uh, the two of us together. And it's great, it's been incredible. Um, and this person writes, uh, I've spent the last year dealing with serious illness, which has left me disabled and arrived here, th- well, here it is, arrived here through a summer camp alumni connection with Adam, that's me, and mm-hmm. begun working on one one-on-one with him to become a better writer with an eye towards getting back to school, to focus on interfaith chaplaincy, mm-hmm. and perhaps get some additional essays And nonfiction out there, which he encouraged me when he encouraged me to check out the writing group. Because of that, I found myself engaged in some intense creative writing, casual literary criticism and analysis, and have been encouraged to submit some things for publication too. Hmm. I'm still going, I'm still looking at going back to school, but I've also found a voice in some other places, gained confidence, and found support for coping with an incredible case of imposter syndrome. Goals for 2021 are to focus on becoming a better writer and to continue to lay the foundation for a return to school. And if I feel brave enough, submit at least one thing for publication. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I actually, I mean, we all have our imposter issues. I actually let myself feel good about that one.
1: I actually, because do, and there's a really good, um, Essay just written too. I'll, I'll we'll put I'll put it in the notes um, about when women get defined as being having imposter syndrome. That it's a very gendered concept too. Is it?
0: Mm-hmm. I'd have to read that article because I've never I've never seen that angle.
1: Yeah, or like when women are caught impo- ha- being imposters. I mean, I've. That's unfortunate. Yeah, but like, so I'm just saying is I well. I think that term is fraught. We all know it's fraud. <laughs> um, and it's also about claiming authority. Which, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And there's there's a certain, you know, patriarchal way of claiming authority. I think that's what the article is. I see, guessing. I see. But yeah, I'll, We'll include it just so everyone can see yeah, what absolutely. now, just written. Um, but yeah, this, you just reading all of those goals and no now it's, it's knowing fantastic this person so well right uh, seeing that they are every week coming out with new writing and claiming yeah. and now taking on the ownership of being a poet and right being a writer and realizing that once you write you are a writer right exactly a writer writes yeah it's that simple yeah um
0: and and it does happen one step at a time like we just the, the The first step was for this person to want to come in the door and that that was enough. And then the next step was just to put in the time as a writer, not as a writer. that would be, that would have been too much mental gymnastics, but just to put in the time writing. mm-hmm. And it takes an incredibly long time. I think. Well, not incredibly long. It's taken months, though. It really has. It's taken months to connect. I am writing with. I am a writer, and that's. It's. It's been a beautiful transformation. It really has. Um, and it's. And everybody. Everybody else gets to witness. That and gets to participate in it and gets to sort of hurry it along and it's um, and cheer it on and stuff like that. That that transformation and it's wonderful. And it's not a it's not a transformation of substance. It's just, I mean, I guess I guess getting back to Aristotle, it's just picking up good habits <laughs> and let, and letting them change you from the inside.
1: Yeah. And similar to that, I'd like to share someone who I knew from my childhood and we've reconnected. And all of you who listen to our podcast know about Mary's podcast called The Nanny Reviews. It's not a surprise. Um, And her podcast actually came out of the writing group thinking, addressing her identity as a nanny, her identity as a writer. What does it mean to be doing both? um, And how can she speak to other nannies out there? And I think that's, it was such a testament to um, what so many in the group are doing and expressing, which is we all have a lot of creative ideas, but Mm -hmm. to follow through on them is usually doesn't happen. Without- Sometimes it takes
0: a bit of a pat on the shoulder.
1: Exactly. And to know that other people have your back and support.
0: and then once they actually do get off the ground, it, it almost feels inevitable because writing is so often a second or third occupation, mm-hmm. right? And so something like what Mary is doing really addresses head on the fact that a lot of writers are nannies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of writers are laborers of various kinds, it's physical, emotional intellectual all sorts of things right you know you have to sell your time and that leaves you with less time for writing and yet having a life like that will often lend insights to your writing it's a whole trade-off yeah um and and, and
1: also to encourage, to, mary Oh, no, go on go felt on. really encouraged to um Update her s her website, which she includes here, um, and offer a few of her chapters of a novel that she's working on. And it's been I I can't say it enough. It's been really illuminating just seeing what everyone's working on, but also um, that we're all growing and. You know, I think we're, I don't want it to seem um, that I'm making this into such a heightened experience, but it is true that people are really, their projects are shaping out and people are finishing projects. um, And another OG of ours. um, (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, I
0: I disavow my relationship to this (laughs) entire enterprise based on that (laughs) misappropriation.
1: (laughs) Um, But Benta, very. Please continue. Us having TA'd for Benta, and then she graciously came on the podcast. But then now seeing her in the writing group and knowing about. Um, you know, her footnoting of her new anthology coming out with early modern plays on witchcraft. And now she's at the point where she's actually working on the essays for each, the intro essays. And it's so, it's also so exciting to see each person's process. Like, it, we really have removed um, and thrown open the curtain because this is yeah. the process that we don't see because this is usually done in, this is done in isolation, but, and in a way we still are, we still have that safety. Because it's Benta, I thought you were going to say this
0: is usually done in Icelandic.
1: (laughs) No, no. Sorry.
0: Well, first Which is, which is a slur because Benta is Danish. She's Danish.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would not be good. I'm going to like that when she. I'm a a bad person. Uh, But Yeah. I, I like, though, that a task that is usually done in isolation, in a pandemic, doing this virtually, there still is the comfort of, well, I mean, comfort for all of us who are able to get on the Zoom, comfort for us to have the screen, but also be in our spaces. So it does, it still does feel very per, private when we're doing our work. It's just, you know, we have our voices in the background. And I think and, it's a really- to you have
0: your Broadway anthems.
1: Oh yeah, I have my Broadway anthems and disco. Don't forget the disco. Um, I'm trying to forget the disco. But I do think so. about what would happen if we tried to bring this writing group to in person I just don't think it would have the same register. Okay?
0: Well it wouldn't it wouldn't even work. I mean we only have about a dozen and a half regulars and they're from all over the world right It's not like we're gonna you can you can book a plane from Jerusalem to Long Island every time you want to get yeah. a, a couple hours of writing in
1: No and <laughs> I, and I also don't think that that kind of trip is I don't think it's necessary. Um, now, right if you do a writing group in person and it's working good right We always yeah. Adam and I always say you have to do the process that works for you and we created this I well the, this three day a week writing group it has now become six to seven days for because I always want to write every day. So like Adam said, I mirror we mirror this on our our intentions yeah and there's usually always a person who comes, and joins the Zoom with me. Yeah. And the space is there. It's also from the way that I work and the way that um, my favorite, I was gonna say my fave, but I wasn't going, I don't want to offend Adam. Uh, Too late. <laughs> uh, Stephen King's On Writing, which I will recommend to everyone at, ad nauseum, but it's amazing. And he believes in the habitual pattern of writing every day and only really says doing it for an intense two to three hours and then goes for a walk. And I follow that advice now um, with walking or doing, you know, and if you can't, you know, if you don't necessarily, you know, find that walking works or you need to, like another activity that could suffice is, I know music is being used and podcasts and um, cooking, right? Like there's the time away from just the intense writing. Um, So all of us really enjoy that habitual task because I've heard from so many in the writing group, Adam, and I'm sure you know, you feel this too because um, Adam says he feels frustrated. Well, I think that frustration is probably because there's something inside you itching and saying, I really need to get my thoughts out right now. Yeah, and I would he,
0: say so. Yeah. Espe- I mean, especially during the pandemic, people have the most to say and the least wherewithal to just sit, I mean, the least uh, sort of zitzfleisch to, to just get this, get the this stuff out yeah. onto a page.
1: Okay, you're going to have to define that.
0: Oh, sorry. Zitzfleisch literally literally means sitting flesh as in ass, but it's a Yiddish expression meaning patience, Mm. which is one of the many reasons, like the ability to just sit down and do the thing that needs doing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and it's always so funny to me when we... We'll get into conversations about what's your distraction, and yeah. I know mine is looking at my carpets and wanting to vacuum. Um, like that's my. You have such
0: wholesome distractions. It's this is a this is an ongoing frustration for me that I feel like I need to vent now or go insane. <laughs> How is it that you have such wholesome distractions?
1: This, I'm a, I am such a proper New Jerseyan. I don't know what to tell you. Oh goodness. I'm just, it's, you know, when you're cuffed from a cloth, you can't help it. (laughs) Especially if that cloth gets dusty. (laughs) Exactly, yeah, and then gives me uh, my um, procrastination method. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, all the different topics we get into, like what i'm saying is it's not even just about everyone's whatever they're working on it's also how can we not get distracted or right. you know when do you exactly need to take a break um anyway
0: so so let's let's uh let's move on to the next one I, i'm going to i guess we can alternate right um and we'll just read a few of these because i think that they i think that they're Worthy pieces of writing in their own in their own right. This is um, we're going to divide them up based on who brought the people to the group. Mm. I'm going to go next. Um, I'm not going to say the person's name, even though I think that they were really brave to write this. Um, the the piece is in the document. It's 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 available. They made it available, and we're going to honor that. But anyway, the the text reads as follows. I'm working on my dissertation mainly, so I think that is the goal for the year. I'm also working on overcoming a long history of mental illness and self-sabotage and trying to build more courageous, more responsive relationships with other people. Um, And then it says maybe I'll update my website at some point and also currently podcasting. Mm. Good, good. Mm. Um, And definitely like um, we will have all of our all of our people's uh, links in the in the podcast notes so that you can know where to go for all your uh, nanny movie reviews and your um, weaving related writings and your Gundam wing uh, mm-hmm. uh, fan fanning out and whatever whatever it is that that gets you from morning to evening
1: yeah. I just love how honest that person, I will not say the name, but it is there, um, was about mental health and yeah, yeah, um, it's,
0: it is, um,
1: a... yeah. And I've been very honest to the group and shared it on my social media, but I'll share it with the listeners. I've recently just gotten a therapist. So I think it's really important to be honest and open. Um, with my journey and we are having a episode soon about mental health and about trauma. Um, and Adam and I are going to open up a lot. So yeah, the vulnerability is also, the vulnerability that we are sharing on our podcast is also a vulnerability that I would say so many in the writing group have shared vulnerable moments. and. Trust each other. There's a lot, there's a lot, we all trust each other. I think that's fair. Um, That's a main, that's a necessary component in the group. Um, And I make sure that everyone gets heard. Um, Okay. So, yeah, I'll mention someone who was connected was Mary's um, MFA friend, um, who now is our friend, uh, Tiffany. Um, who is balancing, like we said, there's a lot of balancing going on as writers, Um, being an adjunct professor, um, being an education manager, working on two books of romantic suspense um, in her, oh, no, working on book two of her romantic suspense series. There you go. Right. Um, And then her goals for 2021 include a publishing offers for the current series um, while she completes books two to four. So yeah, yeah, it's so exciting because her work really also um, has been interesting in terms of connecting to someone you knew, Adam, um, which is Joe. So how exactly did you know Joe? So
0: um, that's a really good question. Um, we so there's the Columbia connection. Um, I yeah I seem to be involved in a lot of alumni networks. I've got the summer camp alumni network, and I've also got I was involved in this ridiculous sort of fake debate society at Columbia called the Philolexian Society. And what we would do is we would debate premises that were things like um, resolved, um, we should solve global warming by moving the earth further from the sun. Uh, Resolved lemmings know something we don't. Uh, Resolved, we need more chlorine in the gene pool. Just, Just like the most ridiculous things that people could come up with. And then we would try to debate them as seriously as we could. And I swear this was instrumental in me building any kind of self-confidence as a public speaker, which led to being a teacher and being a podcaster and being able to give a lecture at a academic conference and all the rest of it. Like that, that place was the incubator. And so I posted about our podcast and our writing group in the alumni forum that we have and uh, we got a
1: response. We got a couple of responses. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so, and Joe has some really interesting creative writing projects that he talked talk to us about. And he um, is keeping up a substack, which as the way he's described it to me is sort of like medium. Um, and I have to really familiarize myself with sub- substack, which is what I really <laughs> have said to Joe is you keep... Yeah. All of you in the group keep teaching me new uh, forms of communication.
0: Um, yeah, that is amazing. I mean, call me old, but Substack sounds like an indie pancake house. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: it does. <laughs> um, and so
0: he's been. I could go it. for
1: some pancakes right now. Oh, that's. Sounds... Sorry, what were we talking about? Oh my gosh. About? Oh, especially the diner pancakes. Okay. Anyway. But, yeah. Anyway, he um, is doing a lot of book reviews while working on his creative work while we know he has a full-time job um and will sometimes be doing uh technical writing so yeah i just like all the uh, busy guy busy guy yeah and quickly i'll mention too even though my friend from stony brook well she graduated from stony brook with her um doctorate in um performance she's um, a violinist, um, and Sophie Anderson, she actually is a UC Irvine visiting scholar and she wanted to hold herself accountable and put her project up here, which I think is um, really exciting. And she's finalizing a paper on audio visual mapping of a piece by Grissy, who again, I have to research after this, um, as a 3D model. So that sounds very interesting that sound interesting yeah. um, so how about your friend and now my friend who you met at Cornell
0: oh of course uh Gwen. um who i'm so proud i taught to curse in english <laughs>
1: um yeah. yeah
0: she was resistant though but so she far. she was she well you know that's that's why teaching is is a craft, and not and not just if it were easy anyone could do it. Um, so Wen uh, describes herself as Ph.D. She yeah she's a doctor. She Hui Wen, uh, in Ph.D. in English Literary Studies, University of Hong Kong. Currently a lecturer of at the College of Professional and Continuing Education, the Hong Kong Polytechnic University. And she writes, "I would like to publish one short journal article on a Seamus Heaney elegy and one longer article on online mourning in China in the time of coronavirus."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I think I think we have a we we sort of have a theme here that not only is the group as a whole into everything, but individual academics academics can be into everything,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: We can have somebody um, I mean, or at least are into. Ser- uh, pursuing the branches of their learning right w- when wrote her dissertation on elegy in Seamus Heaney and is now pursuing other kinds of academic and sort of literary inquiries into uh mourning practices in her in her home country Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh she goes on to write i'm also exploring the possibility of writing a bilingual children's illustrated book for young asian girls it is both a cultural journey and a personal story i believe it will be a beautiful book of self empowerment for girls aged five to ten i look forward to seeing that
1: i know i do too
0: I mean, I'll probably only be able to read either the recto or the verso sides of the pages, but I still look forward to seeing, oh, and there's another thing, updating my poetry website once a month. And she puts the, the link there and we will of course put the link. Um, and, and also there are, there are children involved and there's like, I, I hope she sleeps at night. I, I do because it's an ongoing concern.
1: Well, and also because of our time zones.
0: Yeah. Like we yeah, see yeah. her either
1: really early in the morning for her, or really late at night. Yeah,
0: nine uh, nine thirty a.m. is convenient for us. It's not really convenient for her, but she shows up for the camaraderie.
1: Well, that, and also she said she doesn't sleep sometimes. So, but like you said, we'll have uh-huh. well, to. Well,
0: well, you know, if- we should, we should, we should, we should. Get together and read her a bedtime story because that seems to be, anyway,
1: that, no, know, no, but cool. it's, yeah, it, cool. it really,
0: it really is inspiring to, to um, be around people who have such diverse interests.
1: Well, and I think going off of that, someone who's a recent, recent to the group, but um, was brought by Sophia, um, is a fellow Stony Brook, PhD candidate, but is Emily, and Emily, just all of the different disciplines she works in, her work um, draws from environmental humanities, visual culture, media studies, science and technology studies, phenomenology, psychoanalysis. There is the psychoanalysis, my favorite. And the phenomenology. Yes, also something. Freaking Heidegger. Um, but I always keep bringing up Sarah Ahmed, who's a contemporary phenomenologist, a uh, deconstruction and critical theory. And she's also, and the reason that I'm gasping in a way is because <laughs> all those disciplines she works in, she still has the time to express herself through her painting, where she uses expressionistic techniques and, She writes all of the different um, um, types of material she uses and how she draws on her theory for that. Again, like you think that you know when someone says that they're an academic that you know their identity, but no. Like you're barely Uh usually skimming the surface. Um, And also Sophia. um, Right, she was another one of your grabs. Yep, and also someone that hopefully all of you have listened to her episode where she talks about her um, discussion about urbanism and what right. that means. Um, and we all, we have our, we dissect that, Adam and I, um, I think we, we do a very cold reading of it. I recall being flummoxed. Yes, we were trying to uh, decode uh, <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> Uh, But she is an independent comparative lit scholar and also claims that independent scholar term, which is essential. Um, And she focuses on urbanism, the metropolis as a decolonial urban signifier, does late 19th to early 20th century, like I said, from New York to Buenos Aires to Paris and has really centered on Edith Wharton right now, so I've become uh, (laughs) obsessed. It might be actually a light word for what I'm going through with Edith Wharton. Um, Everyone in the group has heard me just, I was gonna say kvetch, but I'll be corrected if I say that term. Um, Obsessed, I already said obsessed, but I don't know, another term. What's another good term for just being uh, well the, wh- the,
0: the the pity of what's of what we're going through is that ketch is a perfectly acceptable term you just have to stop adding an extra vowel to it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: We need we need to put you through we need to put you through liter- uh, Yiddish pronunciation camp.
1: Yeah, I need a Yiddish boot camp. Uh, <sighs> and maybe I'll just say I'm a Wurt in megalomaniac, but that sounds inappropriate. It works. Okay, yes, yeah, so and then Dina was someone that um, Erica had actually introduced us to, and is the member I was talking to you about, Adam, who is the professional weaver, uh, right? Who is now creating all of the these articles for her weaving business. So, cool. Yeah, that's really exciting. Um,
0: that's that's always a that's always a genre of literature that I really like. Uh, one of my favorite books is. Um, by T.H. White, the guy who wrote The Once and Future King. His mm. first book is an essay on falconry. Oh, I am mean, Gorgeous. I it's yeah.
1: gorgeous. Yes. Oh, and then our shortest, our shortest response, and I do remember this writing group member yeah. emailing me saying, well, I have just a very quick response for what I'm doing and I said okay good good but then I have to add on to this because Moshe writes that he's writing a thesis on mathematical physics where he applies general relativity um well actually looks at general relativity and applies it to cosmology but knowing yeah, that that's that's yeah, the whole like, that's the whole entry it's that's basically only um, you know like trying to take chocolate chips out of a chocolate chip ice cream I don't know what kind of metaphor I just made out of that but it's it's like you know I'm not getting the essence I'm I really want all of the ice cream and Moshe first like I said he studied in philology has classics in his background um and Continues to just really impress me that he's really into sci fi and really loves talking to Benta about that. Um, and yeah, it, it's also a testament that we can have someone in the STEM field part of a writing group and we are. Yeah, that's true. To
0: communicate. I mean, it helps that he's a power nerd, as are we all.
1: That is true. Oh, and he has, I should mention, because I think he would appreciate this, he has a massive board game collection that I've had the pleasure of seeing. <laughs> and it, it does give me a lot of nostalgic memories. So, oh. and I think we covered everyone, well, except ourselves, which you can see ours. Oh, whatever. Our contributions, but you've heard us discuss it. Also, um, yeah, we have everyone's um, social media up here. Um, so please follow all of the members who posted, um, I know that they would love to be followed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> followed on Twitter, please. On Twitter, not necessarily.
1: No, no. We, we keep, <laughs> we keep um, Adam wants hate mail, which I do not. But
0: I don't necessarily want it. I just know that that's how you know you've got. That's how you know you've made it.
1: Yeah, but none of us actually want anyone to be stalked. So please. You <laughs> know, advice. Um, but yes, keep up with all the group members and like Adam loves to say, if you want to follow us, do it, Adam. This okay, fine. So
0: so we have um I, I, I just I just think I mean, I don't necessarily want new members to our group. I just think that there are people out there who whom would might find it interesting to join. And so if you would, um, you can read my scintillating commentary on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room. You can read our um, announcements about podcast drops and occasionally interesting articles and interesting meetups and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. news about the writing group, et cetera, uh, on our Facebook group, which is just titled the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. And um, you can, send us messages through the podcast. You can send us messages through Twitter and Facebook, and we just, you know, we wanna hear from you. If you if you think that you have a good idea for one of our episodes, if you think you'd like to join our podcast, if you, anything, anything. So um, yeah, we look
1: forward to all of that. Yeah, and we're gonna continue featuring once in a while having certain writing group members um, maybe just pop in for short discussions eventually about what they're getting out of the writing group. And um, so stay tuned for that. And also maybe some exciting opportunities can't confirm or deny because we don't wanna hold ourselves to too much accountability. We're literally um, announcing that you can't confirm. It. Never mind. Never <laughs> mind. Don't
0: don't listen to this chucklehead.
1: <laughs> and um, but well, we might have a really exciting uh, writing series that might yes. be up here. so. We'll keep yes. you all up to date about that. Um, so yeah, bye everyone. Stay safe and healthy. Um, and if
0: we can leave you with one thing, it's that this process is meant to lend a certain um, visibility to what we do in our writing group, to what we do behind the scenes as academics. We've had so many people, oh my God, so fucking many people say, I don't think that that's for me. People who are in business and who write as a hobby. We have a person who's in a STEM field. We have a person who's a weaver and writes about weaving. Um, We 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 basically have all all sorts of people and so if you're any sort of a person at least logically you should be able to find a place with us or at least consider it or 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 set out on your own and keep us posted about your journey
1: yeah yeah and there and there have been people and i encourage you to um Tweet at us um, or use Facebook for your own um, announcements. We've had people use our Facebook announcements and post about their work. That is completely fine. We really enjoy um, amplifying different academics and creative writers. um, And you don't have to join the group every day. That's, That's the main. If I've proved anything, it's that. Yep. So thank you all. We look forward to um, our next episode with you. And um, we will have some of these special episodes once in a while. So stay tuned. Oh, actually, our next special episode will be our mental health and trauma episode. So um, it'll be coming up in a few weeks. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye.